Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello, and welcome to the Town Alone Podcast, the podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me, as always, the Billy Corgan of college football, Mike Regan. Mike Regan, how are you doing today? That feels extremely <laughs> offensive. Why? You don't know what I mean by it. Have you seen, like, just, like, visually, have you seen him lately? He wears, like, scarves and weird shit all the time. I haven't seen him. Uh, I only have seen Rick Knox, who you call Billy Corgan, so in my head, Billy Corgan just looks like Rick Knox now. Yeah, Rick, Rick Knox looks younger than Billy Corgan. Jesus Christ, Billy. Yeah. All those hard years partying in the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> this is Billy Corgan podcast. <laughs> I'm doing great. Like, what's your favorite? What's your uh, what's your favorite Smashing Pumpkins song there? I'm not like a huge Smashing Pumpkins guy, so I guess Rat in the Cage is a bullet with butterfly wings. I apologize. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when my mom would watch a movie. And she would just call it by, like, a line a character says instead of calling it the whole movie. Like, she, you know, would, would watch the right stuff, and she would call it Fast as Hell. She'd be like, what's that Fast as Hell movie with Ed Paris in it? So, wait, would, by that logic, would Jaws be the we're going to need a bigger boat movie? Yeah. Am I getting it? Okay. You, you, you don't want to hear what she called Schindler's List. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good. I got to cut some of that out. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to get a call later. Um, <laughs> all right, Mike, this is a, a football podcast where we talk about football, American football, that is. And this week is a pretty monumental week. It is conference championship week in college football. And I know I don't watch college football. Our listeners hate college football. They despise it. They often throw rotten tomatoes at me when I try to talk about it. But we're doing it this week. In case the listener at home does not know, Mike writes a weekly, and this, to- this time, bi-weekly article called on Saturday, covering the college football landscape, including gambling angles, best storylines, and what the ranking committee got right or wrong. And so I figured that since, well, since it's my podcast, I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. We'd talk about some college football this week, go through as we're getting near the end of the season here, and uh, just kind of kind of burn through the last few thoughts on it. Maybe, maybe we'll hit on it when we get into the national championship again, but... We're getting closer to draft season than not. It's time to familiarize yourself with the landscape. You know, Mike? Yeah, familiarize. I was about to say, if people don't like hearing about it, too goddamn bad, because once it gets to draft season, there's going to be a lot of it. So I figured we start here, Mike, just going through some of the best matchups in the college football conference championship week. Is there a better term for this, or is it just conference championship week? That's what they call it. It's they don't call it, like, the confies? The confies? The concacafs or whatever? The concafcas? Yeah, Kaka Kafka-esque, I believe, is the term yeah. that they're trying to popularize for it. Uh, man, that is the dumbest portmanteau I've ever come up with. That was an amazing joke for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have four matchups written down here. Okay. We'll go through these, and then if you have any extra ones after that, we can talk about them. I assume that these are the four matchups that you would also want to talk about anyways, though. Okay. Starting off with the Sunbelt Conference. Really? No, no reaction. Yeah, just, no, I don't have shit on the Sun Belt Conference. Oh, okay. Uh, start, starting off with the big dogs, the Pac-12 this year, oddly, on its on its terminal year, one of the most dominant conferences in college football. Got Oregon versus Washington for the Pac-12 title. Mike, why is the lower seed in this game favored by nine and a half points? Isn't that wild? The lower seed and the team that. <clears throat> 
Washington beat earlier in the year. <laughs> like that just shows you what people think of how Washington's been playing since then. Is this entirely just Bo Nick's slander? Is that what has gotten them up to nine and a half point favorites? That wouldn't be Bo Nick's slander. That'd be Bo Nick's. Isn't Oregon the favorite? Yeah. And he plays for Oregon. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Bo Nick's <laughs> hype. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck, I researched this. I looked in, I Googled <laughs> who was the quarterback for Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't got to sell me on Bo Nix. I fucking love, love me some Bo Nix, So, But he's against your other child. Well, it's that, and it's been, oh, what, Michael Penix Jr.? Yeah. I was trying to say. I don't know if I call him my child, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, I really think it is because of how Washington has played basically ever since that Oregon game. I mean, they haven't had a single game where they just could go on cruise control and beat someone's ass. Like, it, it started literally the week after Oregon when they were at home for Arizona State and only won 15-7. to seven. For If you don't watch college football, Arizona State is what we would refer to as very, very bad in the college football realm. <laughs> They're not a, uh, a very good team. Is and that it just an insider term? Is that like a locker room term they use? Very, very bad, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, I, like, accidentally, sometimes I accidentally say that in like casual conversations and people are just like, what? What does that mean? I don't know what you talking about. <laughs> yeah, people are like, how's your penis? And you're like, very, very bad. Sorry, college football term. You wouldn't get it. It's a college football thing. Uh, all the way up until last week where they had the dramatic walk-off field goal by, uh, against Washington State University in the Apple Cup, but you can read about that in my on Saturday call. Yeah, where we actually had Apple facts. Well, I had to Google it because I was at home going, why the fuck is this called the Apple Cup? <laughs> this makes no sense. You didn't know <laughs> that Cosmic Crisp Apples exclusively come from Washington? No, I didn't. When I think Washington, I think Seattle. I think old cranky fishermen like tossing fish off the dock in some weird fish market i like how i like how your entire assumption about what goes on in washington state is is based off pike's place fish market exactly and then if you say oregon i just think fred armison in portlandia that's it fred armison shout out on the pod you never know what you're gonna get with the town alone podcast anyway my other question with this game uh who are the nfl prospects i should be watching out for in it well, obviously, you have Bo Nix, and you have um, Michael Penix Jr., for sure. There is a, a bevy. Here's, can I? Receivers? Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the, the prospects here in a second. Here's my problem with Michael Penix Jr., right? Name's too close to Ray Phoenix Jr. I don't know off the top of my head what Michael Penix Jr. looks like, because every time I think of him, I think of Ray Phoenix Jr., That's it. That's the end of the thought. I was waiting on um, you to respond to that. Yeah, hold on one second. I'm just trying to make sure if they've ever, see if they've ever been in a room together. No, I'm just kidding. I tried to see what is Michael Penix. He is, according to ESPN's 6'3", 213. He's a lot bigger than Ray Phoenix. You, you were saying you were trying to see what he is, and I was like, I think he's black. <laughs> yeah. According to ESPN... <laughs> He's black. No, he's uh, six foot two thirteen. Got a little bit of size on good old Ray Phoenix Jr. Shout out Lucha Bros. Um, is uh, is is Michael Penix Jr. a future all transfer portal guy? Yes, he was he was in the running this year, and I don't know. The great se- he's having basically a the monster season he had last year. He had again this year, so there's a good chance he could. Un- it's hard to unseat a Heisman Trophy winner, but he could unseat Caleb Williams this year when we redo the list. I don't know, I don't know. the committee. I have a committee just like college football. There's 13 of us. We lock ourselves in a room 
And then we send out the white smoke. That means that there's (laughs) a new guy on the list. Then once it releases, we send some dude named Boo or Bo or whatever out to field questions. Uh, That joke went over my head. (laughs) I can remember the guy's name. There's some dude. His name's like Boo something or Bo. He's basically the sacrificial lamb from the committee who has to go out and talk to the media after they release their rankings. Did he like spill coffee all over the table at the first meeting and that's why he has to do it? They were like, we're either kicking you off of the council or you have to go talk to the media. Exactly. That's, I also, I, just not to go on a tangent, it's hilarious that 13 dudes decide this thing. Just 13 yeah. people. Like, could you imagine if I was one of those guys? I'd be in there and be like, well, you know, I know they've lost three games, but the Arizona Wildcats have been on fire. <laughs> Who really is the best team in the Pac-12? I feel like we need to talk about this, guys. And it would be like, who should be in the ranking? And you'd be like, I made so much money on UNC at the start of the season. I don't know, guys. I think we should reward them for that. <laughs> uh, and then they you know, lost it all for me down the stretch of the year. Um, once again, read on Saturday. Hear about that. Uh, so back to this game, though. NFL draft prospects. There you go. Yes. Romeo Dunze has been unreal, the wide receiver for Washington. And so when you talk about like prospects to watch who could possibly increase their draft stock, I mean, Odunze is already a first round draft pick, but he's up there with like Malik Neighbors, is expected by a lot to possibly be the number two one off the board. It, it's similar to like the race for. What QB is going to come off the board after May and Caleb Williams? Like, what wide receiver will be the next one picked after Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because no one's going to beat him out for that. But I think he could be, he could move up there and, and take that spot. What would and he also, have to do in the conference championship game to pass Marvin Harrison Jr. to be the best wide receiver in the class? Oh, God. I mean, he'd have to go for like 255 touchdowns. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. is so far and away, has that so far and away locked down. I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah, every time we talk draft prospects, I'm 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 always asking you, is Marvin Harrison Jr. really that legit? And every time you're hammering the yes he is drum. So yeah, I'm just looking I'm looking for my edge, right? Like I said last year, I saw a random Florida game in like October, and I was the Anthony Richardson guy. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm just trying to figure out a way to be the guy who's like actually Marvin Harrison Jr. is the second best prospect in the draft. But it's kind of rare for me, right? Yeah, you're the underdog guy. Yeah, I usually root for the underdogs or root for the, hey, you know, watch out, there's this kid back here, and he's going to be pretty good. So it's rare for me to just jump on and be like, no, everybody's right. This dude's on fucking real. And that's what, but he's not in this game, Adam. You keep throwing me off course. Um, outside of him, there are other really good wide receivers who are on draft boards. Uh, Troy Franklin for Oregon has played phenomenal this year. Even on the other side of Romeo Dunze, they have, Jalen Polk, Polk, who is also having a phenomenal year. So some very good skill position players uh, in this in this matchup. Any uh, any trench guys, linemen, edge rushers, anything like that of note? There's a guy. At, is there a guy at Oregon who's a good rusher this year? Um, my name's not jumping in my mind, but I will say that when you look at these two teams, the more complete team is uh, Oregon from top to bottom. But they're better off defensively. They have a better run game than Washington does with uh, Bucky Irving, who has like over a thousand yards already this year. Um, so they are the more complete team. Are you thinking of maybe Brandon Dorless? No, nah, I mean I have no yeah. idea. I'm I'm scrolling through now, and I I guess I'm thinking of no one. Oh, okay, no one. No one is a. Uh... You gotta watch out for that kid. He's sneaky. <laughs> you gotta watch out for no one. Man, there's a I'm just scrolling through a big board right now, mm-hmm. trying to trying to see if I can find anyone. Um, there's a fuck ton of people from Texas coming out this year, eh? 
Yeah, Quinn Ewers will not be one of them, but there are a lot of people from Texas coming out. Texas is a good football team. Is Texas back? We, we don't know. God damn it. You, you spoiled my first question for the Big 12 championship game, Mike. Okay. Sorry, I'll wait. I'll act like I didn't say it. Uh, any more thoughts on this game? You want to you wanna projectile vomit your thoughts on the Pac-12? No, it is crazy. I feel like Pac-12 is one of the most fun divisions or conferences to watch this year, and it's basically dead next year. Or Unless like the three teams that are left can somehow keep it going. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting situation, but been a lot of fun to watch this year it's you know usc i'll just say that <laughs> we can move along <laughs> the way their year their season one is unbelievable but anyway this is definitely okay are we gonna make picks do you want me to make a pick on who wins us uh I'll, I'll take picks from you i think that i am woefully under knowledgeable unknowledgeable mm-hmm. de-knowledgeable i'm deficient in knowledge to make a pick okay well i think oregon wins but I'm very tempted by the plus nine and a half with Washington. I don't, that's a lot to cover in this kind of game. And Washington played them really good last time. So I don't, I can't see Oregon winning by two scores, but at the same time, I can see Oregon winning by two scores. It's a weird one, but if you're just going to bet money line straight up, but that's the tough part. You almost have to go points here because the, you either believe Washington's winning and then you can just get good odds money line. But if you, Oregon winning, if you just want to go money line, the odds aren't that great. Yeah, what are they? I, I don't have it up as like minus four ten or something. Has, yeah, I don't have it up. It has to be something like that, considering what how big the spread is. So the best yeah. bet might be if you think these teams are closer than Vegas believes. Then the best Pick bet Washington might be, plus nine and a half. Yeah, or alt spread it. Washington plus six, something like that. You're yeah. a fan of the alt spread. Do I always love the alt spread? All right, Mike. Next up, as the aforementioned Big Twelve. Oklahoma State versus Texas. First question, Mike, is Texas back? If they win this game and make the college football playoff, yes, they are back. Is if there they... a website that's like an is Texas backometer or something like that? There has to be. I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Some Texas fan has to have made it, or some Oklahoma fan making it on like for the other op- the other reason just to pick poke, uh, burp, 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 just to make fun of them. <laughs> Probably made it. See, I knew this. I, I Googled is Texas back. Website is Texas back yet.com. What does it say? 110% back. Really? 110%? Yeah. I mean, I thought that percentage kind of took a hit when they lost to Oklahoma, but I don't know. Texas has been hands down the best team in the Big 12. It kind of makes that loss to Oklahoma a little more embarrassing. They should have been undefeated this year, and they took their eye off the ball one week. It would be hilarious, though, if they fumbled the bag here against Oklahoma State. Yeah. How did Oklahoma State end up in this game? Because no one wants to win the fucking Big 12, apparently. So they left it to Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State almost didn't want to go to the Big 12 championship game. They were down 24-0 or 24-6 at half to BYU and then decided, like, all right, I guess we'll start playing football. And it took uh, what's-his-face. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Your name escapes me. Otto, the, the running back for Oklahoma State, scoring five touchdowns. Ollie Gordon? Them. Ollie Gordon, thank you. Uh, scoring five touchdowns to get them that win in overtime. Unreal. You can tell Oklahoma State isn't very good because their quarterback's name is Alan Bowman. Yeah, that just is a that's a that's boring not a game. good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing, Alan? Damn, coming after poor Alan. Yeah, I didn't. This isn't one of the games that. I mean, am I on part two? Am I on Saturday? Call I'm going to touch on all of them, but this is not one that I'm going to spend as much time on compared to others. This should just be like a surefire lock win for Texas. 
Do you know what the spread is on it right now? I was just about to look that up because I know it's not the biggest spread this weekend because that goes to the Big Ten game, but I imagine it's probably the second biggest. Well, while you look that up, I'll ask my next question on my list. Curiosities for this. What's up? What's the spread? No, the way you asked, you know, what the spread is, was kind of like, uh, do you know what the spread is? And you were going to hit me with it, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, next question. Is Arch Manning the best quarterback since Johnny Unitas? <laughs> uh, he did. I didn't see what his numbers were. He came in at the end of that game this past week, didn't he? I don't know. I didn't look it up, man. I don't have numbers or anything. Okay. I'm just asking. Is he the best quarterback since Johnny Unitas? I don't think so. Okay. Well, since Johnny Unitas. What... <laughs> you can't say sense and then make it a quarterback that comes from a time where they just invented the forward pass. I think Johnny Unitas invented the forward pass. <laughs> Pretty sure that was him. Just a big crowd around practice that day. It what was pre-whiteboard, so they just had like a stone and a chisel, and he chiseled yeah. it. He was like, guys, I got a wild idea. He just chisel an arrow. Yeah, <laughs> you're crazy, Johnny. You're crazy. You'll never get away with this. Yeah, he got death threats from old football guys. <laughs> Stop it. You're playing a dangerous game, Johnny. What was your you question? Got, you got the spread up yet? I do. Uh, spread for Oklahoma State, 14 and a half. That's Oklahoma State minus 14 and a half? No, plus 14 and a half. <laughs> Which seems pretty accurate. Uh, All right. Uh, same same question as before. Just Just want to... Round it out for every one of these. Who are the NFL prospects in this game, Mike? Um, outside of the defensive prospects, which I believe there are some for Texas. Texas has a very oh god, Texas has the best defense in the Big Twelve. But who ever fucking knows what that is in the Big Twelve? Sometimes. Um, the biggest name though is probably Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver. He's probably gonna be the highest Texas player I've seen on, on draft boards. That is, I mean, the highest Texas player. Or the highest Texas wide receiver on this draft board. Uh, they probably have a Donnie Mitchell ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. So they also have a couple wide receivers who are getting a lot of love. Another person who would be getting a lot of love if he didn't blow out his knee would have been Jonathan Brooks. Unfortunate scenario there. CJ Baxter has been hot, hot, hot taking over him. So that's been fun to see. Quinn Ewers would have been one to look for, but he also said, no, I'm coming back. Uh, no word yet on if Malik Murphy or Arch Manning are entering the transfer portal. You got to assume that uh, Arch Manning won't, right? I mean, who in a Manning family has ever refused to play for a team? Yeah, I think Murphy would be the more likely of the two to be like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's fine. Just to completely ignore my Eli Manning joke. I see how oh, it is. I'm sorry. I missed it. Someone said, because he came in for a little bit at the end of that game, just because, like, in relief, and I heard someone go, definitely the most athletic Manning I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so he can run forward without tipping over slowly? He can, yeah. Ripper, I bring this up all the time. Do you remember that AFC championship game? The like final one of Peyton's career. It was Patriots Broncos. It was in mile high and it was snowing. And both at different points during the game, both Tom Brady and Peyton Manning like scrambled out of the pocket and ran for like seven, eight yards. Mm -hmm. There was like a sports science thing on that afterwards. It was like Peyton Manning hit a max speed of 19 miles per hour. And I was like, you guys got to work on your math. There's no fucking way Peyton Manning's ever moved 19 miles per hour outside of a car. Yes, not possible. <laughs> yeah, the the Peyton Manning offense was similar to the Brady one, which was like just protect him and he'll get the ball out fast. All right, this this dude's not scrambling and running off. I think you know Caleb Williams has a ninety point three grade on PFF right now. Yeah, did he get bonus points for crying? Is that he's where all those bonus points come from? <laughs> Going into this draft process, more people will talk about the mental attitude of Caleb Williams and the crying more than they will talk about anything on field. 
And he's tiny too, so that kind of hurts him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that he didn't repeat a Heisman Trophy winning year. What did you want from the guy? He's going to play 200 less snaps by the end of the season. What the fuck does this guy do? Part-time? Is this guy, like, trying to be Brock Lesnar? Does he only want to show up for four NFL games? Fucking Caleb yeah. Williams. Maybe he's just, you know, he's been in his head ever since he got beat by Michael Pratt and Tulane in, the, in a bowl game last year. It just broke Caleb Williams. <laughs> Any more thoughts on uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, since we've now gone through two title no, games I that think... didn't involve Caleb Williams and talked about Caleb Williams both times? Yeah, I think uh, the prior week, CJ Baxter had the big game. Last week against Texas Tech, Jaden Blue went nuclear for averaging 12 a carry for 121 and a touchdown. It will be one of those guys or both those guys are just going to run all over Oklahoma State. All right, next up, I have the SEC championship game. Georgia versus Alabama, the big boys. This is this is for all the marbles, Mike. Is there any way Alabama can sneak into the playoffs with a win here? Alabama wins here. They're in. Okay. Do they just swap out Georgia for Alabama in that scenario? So that's where the, it will get interesting. Because there's going to be like, you're probably going to have Texas, who's going to be a one-loss Power Five Conference Championship winner. So how do you decide with them if if Louisville beats Florida State and then you have another one-loss Power Five? Like the committee is going to be like banging their head against the wall. One loss, if it, unless they get demolished by Alabama, I could see Georgia still getting in. So we'd have two SEC teams, yeah. three SEC teams, right? Or is Florida State ACC? No, Florida State, I was just talking to someone the other day, and they said the same thing, and they were like, oh, yeah, Florida State's ACC. And I was like, I know. They, they feel like an SEC team. Yeah. Is Florida SEC? Are. Yeah, Florida is, the Gators. That's, that's where I always get it fucking confused. Because Florida feels like an ACC team. We got to just switch those two around, man. That's backwards. The Gators feel like an ACC team, do you? Yeah. I think it's the blue color. Maybe I just thought because... The ACC was basically bad this year, so Florida would have fit in. There you go. Got him! <laughs> Boom. Is Georgia worth being the number one ranked team right now? Absolutely. Because a no. few weeks ago, you were like, Georgia's dog shit. They should be like 15 or whatever. I never said that about Georgia. Now, at I one point, I was, should have been number one. Yeah, at one point, I was way too blue-pilled on University of Michigan, and then they played Penn State, and then they struggled against Maryland the week after. And I was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> This team is a very good team and should be in the playoffs, but they are not what I once thought they were. Georgia Hard to win when you don't have anyone stealing signs for you anymore, man. I know. They're missing the signs. Yeah. It's been big time. They're a boring team to watch. Let's put it that way. Like in big games, Michigan is, I've realized, they're just extremely boring to watch. We're not talking about Michigan. We're not. <laughs> Who are the NFL prospects in this one, Mike? Whew. Oh, also, I assume you picked Texas for the last game? Yes, fair to say. Okay, yeah. Texas is who I picked. Um, a lot of defensive prospects. Dallas Turner, super high on draft boards. Who I really like as well as Dallas Turner, who's expected to be a later first-round pick or an early second, is Chris Braswell. He's the other edge rusher for them. And there's, like, the question of does it help him because defenses have to watch out for Dallas Turner. But this kid's been a fucking monster this year. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if he can increase his, his draft stock. Georgia, obviously, you have Brock Bowers. I think Carson Beck's a senior. I don't know if he's... I'd have to double-check if he has eligibility left, but even if he does, he hasn't been a hot QB name, really. I mean, if Brock Bowers puts up, like, averages 100 a game, like in this game and then in the playoffs, I don't know. We could be seeing 
we could be seeing uh what's his face part two in the top five Kyle tight Pitts. ends. Yeah. Coming off don't, the board. Don't draft tight ends in the top ten, people. Listen, any any GMs or scouts listening to me right now, there's no tight end that's worth it. It's a tight end. There's one tight end in the league who right now, if you redraft the whole league, might go top ten, and that's Travis Kelsey. And then there's some really good defensive back prospects. Javon Bullard, safety for uh, Georgia. Safe, go look at, like, if you compare some college football teams, Georgia has, like, an awesome safety group. Uh, really fun to watch. Javon Bullard's one of them. And then you have Kool-Aid McKinstry, who's been high on draft board since the season started. I love Kool-Aid's game. But then I talked in a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned Terry and Arnold, who's having a great year and could move up some draft boards as well uh, with some big performances. No love for J.C. Latham? J.C. Latham? Yeah, he's there a good player as well. Yeah. 335. You see, that fucker could play quarterback. He's 6'6", 335. There you go. <laughs> That's the future of quarterback. They just keep getting bigger and bigger until linemen are coming out of college and they're like, have you ever played quarterback? <laughs> it's like the Would opposite of the like? Lamar thing. Teams yeah. are going to be scouting centers and they're going to be like, have you ever considered switching to quarterback? No one's ever done it before. We think we're going to be the first. We're going to break it open. I'm so excited for this game. Words cannot explain. Well, then we shouldn't even try. Mike, who's your pick for this one? <laughs> it's a five and a half point spread. You're giving Nick Saban, you're giving the greatest coach to ever coach football. Damn. At any level? Yeah. Even high All right. school? All right. His, uh, his short stint in the NFL wasn't anything to write home about. But... Yeah, but that's because he didn't get Drew Brees because of Drew Brees' hip. That's right. Or shoulder. I wonder who was on that medical staff. I wonder if his name lives in infamy among Dolphins fandom. You, you, you wouldn't know this because he was wearing a fake nose and glasses, but that man was on the Charger staff circa 2020. Oh. Oh, we no. all know what happened then. Um, Justin Herbert's dad. No. I can't believe they're giving five points to Nick Saban. I think this is going to be a really close game. I've just been totally... What's the word I'm looking for? Alabama-pilled. He infatuated with Jalen Milrow. I love this dude. What's he? Is he a sophomore? Uh, yeah. So he won't be coming out this year. He threw the unreal fourth and 31 goal pass. And then after the yeah. game is over, he came off the sidelines and was yelling, give me the Heisman. They're, they're not going to give the Heisman, Jalen. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> they look at the full body of work, but still, he's... Goddamn. T- the offense that Tommy Reese has figured out how to run, run there has been great. The biggest, My biggest worry is the skill position talent tilts towards Georgia. So Bama's going to have to overcome that in some way. But I'm, I'm sticking with it. I've been saying it for weeks that I think Bama can beat this Georgia team. And I think they're going to. I think it'll be more of like a three-point game. So I'd say if you're... Every week I do this. If you're bullish enough or bearish enough, whichever one fits, take Bama money line. If not, take them to plus five and a half to cover. Uh, I mean, just scrolling through this big board, it seems like Alabama's the better team because they have more first-round draft prospects. So, yeah, Wait that way. They don't. All right, Mike. The last one I have here, the Big Ten Championship, Michigan-Iowa. I probably should have structured this so we talked about this before Georgia-Alabama, but currently a 22-point spread over under 34.5. Is there any way Michigan covers this game and the under still hits? Oh, yeah. I could definitely see this game ending 22 nothing. That'd be sick. I don't know how far into the numbers you went, but did you see what uh, Iowa's game total points are over under? No. Six and a half. 
and I, you know what? Just to be a sicko, I'm taking the under. This Iowa team, the majority of all, that's not majority, all the Big Ten West is so offensively anemic. It's been hilarious. Even the Iowa fans have gotten into it. You know, I don't know if you saw them. They were wearing like hoodies and t-shirts that just said punt at the last game. And we're like cheering for the under to hit. So even they're like privy to it and getting in on it now, which has been a lot of fun. Iowa, all Iowa can do is run the ball competently. Yeah. Ohio State runs the ball good and they only ran it for a hundred yards on Michigan. <laughs> like, like, do we have to do two divisions for the Big Ten? Can we not just have this be Michigan Ohio State part two? Well, that's the thing. Next year, like these bad Big Ten teams are gonna be in a facing a tough reality because they have those group of Pac twelve teams coming over and the Big Ten is going divisionless. So it's just gonna be the top two teams in the uh, conference will play each other in the conference championship game. Which Big Ten teams, or is it is it the Big Twelve that has two teams moving over to the SEC? Yeah, Oklahoma and Texas are heading over to the SEC. God, so the Big Twelve is going to be dog shit in a few years too. Yeah, it's, so are the uh, only I, two good conferences going to be the Big Ten and the SEC? They'll be the best too, and then you have a lot of and don't ask me the names on it on the top of my head, but you have a lot of schools like mid schools that are heading over to the ACC, and the ACC is going to be like way overcrowded. So it wouldn't be surprising for some ACC bad ACC teams to kind of get a awkward phone call of like I, I don't know if they're allowed to do this but I, I don't if they have the power I wouldn't be surprised if some bad ACC schools got a call where the conference was like yeah you're out <laughs> it wouldn't be the craziest thing it'll be a fun thing to watch next year uh is Jim Harbaugh gonna be just doing weird shit in this game or do you just think he's gonna go chalk save all the fun stuff for the playoffs I feel like he should be investigated because in an interview, he said, um, I'd like to say it's good to be back, but I never really left. And I'd be like, wait, what does that mean? You were supposed to have left. They cut to the sidelines. There's, there's just a guy the height of Jim Harbaugh wearing a big, like, Sam Worthington mustache. They're like, is that you? He's like, no, that's um, Connor, Connor Stallions. <laughs> You're going the same way. I think this is the swan song for Jim Harbaugh, this in the playoffs before he heads to the NFL. Gonna go coach he, uh coach the Bills? I hope not. Um You don't like Jim Harbaugh? Not big Jim Harbaugh guy? I like Jim Harbaugh, but out of the way he like all of a sudden I feel like the Niners started to trend down a little bit and then he was like, Well, I'm gonna head back to college. <laughs> and then now there's all these investigations into Michigan, and then he's gonna be like, Well, the NFL is really calling me again. <laughs> Isn't that exactly what Pete Carroll did? And look at his tenure, man. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl. Yeah. But he hasn't head back yet. Well, he was he coached in the NFL, then went down and coached, what, USC? Then there was investigations into USC, and he was like, going to go back to the NFL, guys. Getting <laughs> yeah. out of here. I forgot that he did have a short stint in the NFL prior. My dad, prior yeah, he coached the Patriots. My dad's always yeah. like, Pete Carroll's a cheater. And for years, I was like, yeah, Pete Carroll's a cheater. Then one day, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, fuck, he just paid Reggie Bush. Yeah, he just did what's legally allowed to do now. No, that's <laughs> totally cool. Like, I, no. I don't give a shit who paid players back in the day. You see Matt Rule bitching about how much it costs to get a player in the transfer portal? Yeah, it's, it's hilarious to hear people on, like, podcasts and people who coverage college football when they talk about teams. They're like, you know, unless if they feel confident they have the money to go out there and buy some good players. And they're not saying it tongue-in-cheek or anything. They're just saying, like, that's how it works now with NIL. I, I don't understand how the transfer portal works at all. What do you mean? What part of it? Any of it. Like, if you said, Adam, tomorrow... We need you to give a presentation on the transfer portal. I would not even know where to begin. Like, is it a website? 
do you have to like go to like a fucking office building and be like, I would like to transfer? You, yeah, like you said, you just have to do a Michael Scott esque. I'm declaring for the transfer portal. When they say it costs money, I thought the NIL just meant that players were like in fucking commercials now. Yeah. So how does it cost money to get someone out of the transfer portal? Well, it's it's name, image, and likeness. So you can go to a player and say, "Hey, come with us. We have this booster or whatever that will give you an NIL deal for like I don't know some Taco Bell he owns or some shit." And so you'll be making this much money if you if you come here. So is Caleb Williams just in every single commercial in Southern California right now? Like yeah, all he, the local he, commercials there. He's been in Heisman House commercials already, hasn't he? He's been in Heisman House commercials, yeah. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't happen. Okay, before. like how about how about Shadur Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. Have hasn't been in any national well, he's been in like maybe the Affleck commercial, right? Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to be the guy that has the most money in the NIL right now. I've seen him in maybe one commercial. So is there just like Shadur Sanders cutouts all over the Colorado area or something? Um well an, an example I've heard is someone was talking about how they went <clears throat> they went to go cover a Ohio State game. And they were in like the state of Ohio and they stopped like a gas station or whatever. And there was like this chip company that is like located in, in Ohio state and their chips are throughout like that area. Um, and there was Marvin Harrison Jr. With this picture on the bag and some flavor that was his. Huh? Get that chip money, dog. Got that chip money. <laughs> Got that chip money, man. Got that fucking chip money. All right, Mike, who are the draft prospects in this game? Um, Cooper DeJean of iowa is up there i if you had given me odds and iowa was plus 200 to be the first team you mentioned for the draft prospect i still would have taken michigan oh really yeah i I, when you when you said a name and it wasn't a player on michigan that caught me off guard yeah there's not a lot of iowa prospects to mention outside of that one michigan is a bit of a different story uh it looks like they don't have a lot of guys on day one in michigan still they don't. There's not a lot of, like, Blake Corum, he's a running back. He's going to probably be a later, maybe like a day three guy. Uh, Roman Wilson, uh, like a wide receiver who's also probably going to be like day three. J.J. McCarthy, I don't see it translating at a pro level, but he does have the uh, the steady hand, as I said, that could be a very good backup quarterback for years to come, and that's not yeah. an insult. Is he just know. the new Mac Jones? No, he's skinnier than Mac Jones. He's in much better okay. shape. That's good. Good. <laughs> that photo of Mac Jones. You know, you know in uh, you know in Letterkenny when they go talk to the priest and he has like a bunch of like gay porn and he's like, it's my Fitzbo. Yes. Mac Jones is my Fitzbo. I put that <laughs> picture up. Like, that's what I want to look like. <laughs> yeah. Interesting Fitzbo. What's wrong with Googling Matt Jones shirtless smoking a cigar? <laughs> it's my Fitzbo. Needless to say, I'm taking Michigan. Uh, taking a minus like, 22? I, I, I think my sicko bets are going to be... I can't... I don't know if they're same game parlayable, but under... I know it wouldn't work. But it'd be fun to do Michigan cover and the under, because I think sportsbooks will be like, well, how does that work out? Yeah, they'll give you good odds on that. They'll give you good odds on that. And then I'm probably going to put a little money on Iowa under total team points for the game at six and a half. That's so that's that's the crazy thing here. I get it. Iowa's offense isn't good. But looking, looking 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 at big boards. 
like you start seeing defensive players on Michigan in like the fifties. So is it just a young team that's going to have a lot of draft prospects next year or in two years, or is it just a really well coached team that shouldn't be as high ranking for their roster in, in Iowa in Michigan? Oh, sorry. I saw you space out there for a second. No, it's a, it's a very good team. I mean, having NFL prospects in general is impressive, even if they're not all first and second round prospects. But you're talking about currently what? The number two ranked team in the country? Number three ranked team in the country? Number two. Number two ranked team in the country. And their prospects don't start showing up until the third round. Or late second yeah. round, early third round. Yeah, but I don't think those are two things you can connect. I'm connecting them right now. But I don't think that argument holds water. I, if I have... Okay, so just, just answer me this, right? Do they have more prospects in the pipeline that'll be out in two drafts or in three drafts? Or is it just like a well-built team that is also well-coached, but not an NFL latent defense like we've seen with Georgia or Alabama in previous years? That's the latter of what you said, because many pundits believe that next year the power is going to shift and Ohio State's going to be the better football team. Huh. Even though they're losing their best player? Even though they're losing their best player. And his and the other best wide receiver they have and Amike Ibuka. Are we sure that Northwestern isn't going to win the conference next year? <laughs> I'm pretty fucking positive. Okay, just checking. Just checking. All right, Mike, next up. That's uh, th- that's all the conference championship games I've written down. Is there anything else you want to hit on? So I- and you're going to be like, oh, of course. But the American Athletic Conference game is going to be really good. SMU against Tulane. Tulane's the best defense in the AAC. They're also the highest, currently the highest ranked group of five conference team. So did I say SMU? I, I said Tulane. SMU, on the other hand, has an unreal offense. So this is going to be to, you know, styles make fights kind of situation it's gonna be a really fun game what will be really fun to see if smu beats tulane do they get put into the top 25 higher than a undefeated liberty team if liberty takes care of business against unlv you don't want to talk up michael pratt at all real quick no i mean i i'm looking forward to this being a high scoring game where they have to put more on pratt's shoulders because when, when tulane can play good defense and control a game they're usually a run first team this is the team that produced Tajay Spears. Uh, and so if everything's going the way they want, Pratt does not have to do a lot. So I'm looking forward to that game going out of the season into the draft where we can point to and be like, look how this dude went off. I mean, he did it against USC last year, but it'd be fun to have a more recent game to point to and be like, look how this dude went off. You know, I saw someone else kind of say, I think he also has the potential. The same thing I kind of said about McCarthy. Like that's a guy who will be in the NFL for a long time. Even if that's as a backup, he's going to be in the NFL for a long time. And some people would say, oh, you're, that's an insult. No, you're saying that dude is good enough for teams to say he deserves to be on our roster. Behind. Like, that's he's a compliment. top 64 quarterback in the world. Yeah, exactly. That, that is a compliment. I think he can be a starter, but worst case scenario, yeah, the, the other thing. You got, a, you got like a pro comp for him? I say Drew Brees, but that... Is he short? He's not short, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Probably going to be a bust then. He's probably gonna be a bust on. Let me see. He is. Oh, I can't. I can't find him. Oh, it's literally right here. I can find it. Who's your uh, Who's your pick in the game? Oh, god. Hard one. I'm gonna say Tulane in a. I, I like the over 47 and a half. I think the over hits, and I think Tulane barely squeaks by. Yeah, he's he's six three, two twenty. So he's not as short as Drew Brees. I apologize. Yeah. 
63220, that's like Will Levis? No, that's shorter than Will Levis. Or taller. Yeah, yeah, shorter than Will Levis. Derek Carr? It's like kind of. That's just mean. <laughs> kind of thick Derek Carr. I don't know, man. I'm just going off body types. Thick Derek Carr. I don't know what is. What's, uh. You know, the guy. <laughs> that bad guy. I can't believe that guy. Uh, what's Tua? Is Tua. No, Tua's like 6'1, isn't he? He's like, yeah, 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, okay, never mind. And he's left handed, so you can only compare him to left handed quarterbacks. Don't you know how this works? That's right. He's just everybody when Tua came out was like, "That's Michael Vick right there." I see. Yeah. I see Michael Vick. <laughs> uh, when you when you look at Tua, the two quarterbacks he reminds me of are Michael Vick and Steve Young combined. You got any uh, any other conference championships you want to talk about, Mike? No, those are those are the big ones to talk about. So next up, oh, thought we could. I, fuck's sake! I was just saying real quick. I guess we should say that without Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker in in his stead, Florida State is severely has a high chance of getting upset by Louisville. They should probably just like quietly shuffle Florida State out of the the playoff. If Florida State goes undefeated, there's going to be so many fan bases pissed that that team without Jordan Travis got in. Because if they get in, they're knocked out first round. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's like a bye week. Yeah. If they lose this game, they will, even with only one loss, they will not be getting into the playoff. Sorry about it. Yeah, no one wants to watch that. All right, so just because we spent 45 minutes talking about the conference championships, we do have to, to pick up the pace a little bit here on the rest of our college football talk. Mm-hmm. First up, thought we would just sit down now, throw out some national championship picks and some Heisman picks. See uh, just who we think is going to be in this position, what, a month from now? That seems right. National championship games usually on the first. New Year's Six game. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. Early, early to da First weekend in January. Yeah. So, like a month and some change from now. See, see where the landscape's going to be. Mike, who do you have in the national championship, and who do you have winning it? Whoever wins the Bama Georgia matchup is winning the national title. You think Bama's beating? Washington or, or UM? I think so. Is, if Washington loses, are they out of the playoff? Yes. Fuck, it's going to be. So be. we're going to have like a lot of turnover in the final rankings, aren't we? We could. And especially when you consider Texas is back there with their win over Alabama. And if Alabama I mean, beats We need an Georgia. alarm whenever someone accidentally says Texas is back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia and it's like, boom, they're in. And Texas somehow ends up out, they're going to be pissed. Like, we beat those guys. What? That doesn't make any sense. So you're going with Alabama slash Georgia over who else? I'll, oh, God. It depends on oh, if, if UM will stay too, as long as they win, and they should win. Can UM beat like uh, an Oregon who will probably be three, either Oregon or Washington? I think the winner of that game locks down number three. Oof. That's going to be a hell of a game, but. Due to my Bo Nix love, I'll say Oregon gets by Michigan, and then we see SEC championship game winner against Oregon, and the SEC championship game winner wins. I'm going the other direction. I'm taking Michigan over Georgia. Ooh. Yeah. I'm buying, I'm buying low on my Jim Harbaugh stock. Yeah. The, uh, the national title we should have got last year if fucking TCU didn't decide to somehow beat Michigan in the first round. Talk about it. That's, that was like... A March Badness-esque spike from TCU. 
Yeah. Like, they came out of fucking nowhere and then just ran out of gas in the national championship game. Fucking Duggan. Max Duggan. Yeah. <laughs> Played his heart out. That's... Last year's playoff are one of the ones that people who think the 12 team is unnecessary point to. Because they're like, we could that year we could barely find enough teams. Like, we put TCU in. And TCU really probably shouldn't have been in there. No offense. To they won a game, though, so... They did. So then it's like, oh, you're, you're dumb. And then they went on, got like... Slaughtered isn't even enough of a term with what happened to them against Georgia. So. You think if you think if Michigan makes the national championship, that Harbaugh's going to try to cut the power again? If they're See down, if can, at half. this time it works yes. for him. Yeah, he's going to call Connor and be like, "You busy?" He's going to be like, "No, I've, uh, I've been sitting at the fifty-yard line the whole time, coach." <laughs> he looks over. There's just a guy in a ten-gallon hat <laughs> with a, uh, with a monocle. He's a master of disguise. <laughs> master of disguise, got your stats. It's like Gene Parmesan whenever Lucille Ball or Lucille Bluth sees him. Yeah, it would be even better. Got her! <laughs> It'd be better if he said, Of course not, coach. I'm, I'm over here on Georgia's sideline. He's just waving to him. <laughs> oh, Connor. I can always count on you. Can't wait for Connor Stallion to be the quarterback's coach next year in Buffalo. Um, who's, your, uh, who's your pick for a Heisman, Mike? Oh, I'm saying Bo Nix all day. He's currently I the think- front runner, correct? He's the front runner, and I think a big performance here against Washington locks it down for him. I'm actually going the other side of that game. I'm taking Michael Penix Jr. Okay. Plus 1,600. I think he drops a 511 touchdown bomb on him. Wow. That's what I think. In my head, that's what college football is. Is every week a quarterback throws for 500 yards and 11 touchdowns. He might have to. (laughs) So to be, I don't know, that's mean, but. They're going to need another big game out of him like they got when they faced off earlier this year was what I'm meaning. Is what I'm meaning. Jesus. Any more thoughts on uh, the Heisman there, Mike? Anyone anyone you wish would win it that's not going to even be in the conversation? Mm. You know, unfortunately, Cody Schrader is not going to be in the conversation. Any Joe Alt chances there? No, no Joe Alt chances. I don't think I'd love to pick some defensive player to, to say, but hear me out. But I don't think there is one this year. Way too lot to not in the not in talks. You can't lose like four games and be considered. I mean, the team record goes into play. It's not fucking his fault. It's not, but even like RG3's year, they only lost two games. So. Yeah, but that was because they had God on their side. I mean, is, Baylor is a big Christian school. Yeah, Baylor's a Christian school. <laughs> I mean, how do you think Liberty keeps going undefeated? <laughs> yeah, they got God on their side, they man. God on their side. And you don't want to you don't want to be there when the headline says Georgia beats Liberty. That just looks bad. Yeah. Oh, okay, sound like they're Soviets. Can I mention one more college thing? Yeah. Well, we also have a college thing to talk about after that, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so for those who haven't seen the news, the head coach of uh, JMU, who will be playing a bowl game, even though they weren't technically eligible because there was not enough six and six bowl eligible teams, so they got the call. I. Uh, Amazing season, best that record. Must in been an the... awkward conversation, right? They put in that waiver and got denied, <laughs> yeah. and then they were like, "Hey, funny story, JMU. We could kind of use your help now. All those teams that are eligible, um, that we'd like to protect and not let you, a new team, be eligible for. Yeah, they're not good enough. So they're losing their head coach. He's taking the position at Indiana University. What are they in Indiana? The Hoosiers." I know, I know. I just couldn't remember which one it was. All right. Uh, so how, uh, imagine in college sports, if like someone could have an amazing gear as the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies and then the Lakers just like take them. Has that never happened in professional sports? So. It, it, the, the bottom and top of those leagues are too close is why, I guess. 
Yeah. The funny part is like Indiana is just a stepping stone for him. They're like a like a lower tier F, uh, power five school. So his thought is, oh, if I do good with them, like a real good power five school will come calling then. Yeah. Does does he have like a defined goal? Like, was he an alumni for? I don't know Georgetown or something. Is Georgetown Power Five? They're not. Not in. Not in. Uh, they're not. I don't even think they're like FBS in football. I'm pretty sure they're they're FCS. If that. If they even have. I don't know if they even have a football team. <laughs> that is like. But a, Patrick Ewing went there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a basketball school through and through. But I always whenever like a coach does good for a lesser team and then gets takes a job for a bigger one. I always think like that would be wild. In the NFL, if like next year D'Amico Ryan is getting calls from like the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. D'Amico Ryan goes, "Well, we did good here. I'm gonna go coach the Cowboys." Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Final final thing here. Just give me who's gonna be the biggest riser in the draft from now until the end of the college football season. I'm gonna stick with him. I'm gonna say Terry and Arnold locks down a first round draft spot. And who's going to be the biggest faller from here to the end of the college football season? Mm. This seems like it could only possibly be a quarterback, right? Yeah, that's fair. M- Michael Penix could take a tumble. Jordan Travis already did when his ankle decided to unfortunately do what it did. Uh, luckily, Caleb Williams and Drake May aren't playing in the college football playoffs. So luckily, hopefully they should be yeah. they should be sheltered from any more negative negative takes out there did neither one of them get a bowl game they will but sometimes with prospects that high on the draft board they'll be like i'm just gonna sit out that bowl game if it's not yeah that'll look real good for caleb williams who refused to talk to the media and cried in his mom's arms to go not playing the bowl game i'm sure that'll go over real well on twitter yeah twitter will have a field day with it but it's also not something that's frowned upon once like once one player finally had the balls to do it we were like oh you know what that actually makes sense Let's give this. I give him a hard time for that. Oh, they're making money now. I'm. I'm. A, I. As soon as nil became a thing, my my switch flipped. I I was initially like, like how you are, where I'm like, these are just kids. They're playing for free. Everyone says like, oh, free education, but it's just dumb, coercive rules between the NFL and the NCAA. Like these kids, if they're good enough to play in the NFL at 18, should be able to go get paid to do it. And then they started getting paid, and I was like, fuck that. They're getting paid now. Time to shit on them. No, I still I still defend the nil. I mean, yeah, there could be certain, like, Saban's thing is, like, I love it, but there should be regulations because it's getting a little crazy. But I was banging the drum for it because I was like, that's their image and likeness they should be able to get money for. Um, But that's an interesting thing you said there because who knows? What if Caleb Williams is sitting there and he's like, I don't want to play for the Bears. You know what? I'm going back to school for another year. Yeah. Make decent chunk of change. That sounds good. If after this season, his draft stock didn't fall, it's not going to fall after next season. No, you'd have to play god awful for it to fall. Yeah, and USC's going over to whatever the Big Ten. There you go. He's getting, so he's yeah. going to get to to beat up on fucking Oklahoma State. Yeah, if he he goes to the Big Ten, he's automatically the best quarterback in that conference. Sorry about it. All right, well we got to move on. Uh, Mike, you yeah. you got any closing thoughts on college football? No, it's going to be a fun year, and hopefully I can get. You know, I woke up this morning and was like, oh shit, I have another half of on Saturday that's to get out. <laughs> So we'll be I'll be feverishly working on that to get it to you guys before the games tip off tomorrow. Tip we'll get off, it out kick off. We'll, we'll get yeah, it out we'll there. Get. Even if we both have to stay up all night. There you go. See? Mike gave a shrug for those of you who can't see. Moving over to the NFL now. <laughs> you know what the dancing robot on Fox? You know what his name is? 
Hal. Cletus. Cletus? Cletus, because Cleet. Terrible name. Call him Paddington then for because of pads. Or well, that's balls. already a bear. That's true. You called Ballington. Ballington. I like the idea they called him Paddington and then the bear showed up at NFL headquarters <laughs> with like a lawyer. He's like, no, I don't fucking think so, bud. Called Field Goltron. Um, at the start of the season, Mike threatened me at gunpoint that if we didn't take the Falcons as the team for talent alone, that he was going to kill me burn the site down to the ground, and then flee to Mexico. So I was, forced, I was forced to, t- to accept the Falcons as the team for the Town Alone podcast for the 2023-2024 NFL season. So you online. We do, not to I buy can edit out whatever you say. <laughs> no, you cannot. You can say whatever the fuck you want. This is I'll fake news. It it's a false narrative if you have not seen since... Never mind, I won't say it. <laughs> go ahead. So every Thursday, we go through and... We discuss the Falcons game this week. This week, they're at the Jets, and we make a same-game parlay. So, like I said, this week, they're at the Jets. Currently, the line on that is minus one and a half, and the over-under is 34 points because it's a Jets game. I will say, the Jets' defense has looked pretty mortal in recent weeks. They're 17th ranked in EPA per play since week nine. And on the other hand, Atlanta probably had their most Arthur Smithy game last week, and they looked really good doing it against not a slouch defense in the Saints. Beyond that... On the Jets' sideline, we're still getting Tim Boyle starting. We're still getting Trevor Simeon backing him up. And if by some random act of God, they're both involved in some kind of terrible igloo collapse-style accident and can't play, it's fucking Zach Wilson's running out there. Hell yeah. So it is not a strong quarterback room. The offense has been completely anemic in New York. And you can just cut that out and paste it if we ever need to talk about the Giants. I see this one going pretty easily to Atlanta. I'm surprised the spread's so close. Earlier in the week, it was minus three. It's been bet down to minus one and a half. I think people believe in this Jets defense more than I do because I've been watching them and they've just let, I mean, they've, they've absolutely gotten torched on the ground and they're letting a lot of passing work through. I mean, they're, they're league average against the pass now. This was supposed to be this team's strength. I think... Robert Sala should thank his fucking lucky stars that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Because if he played all season, Robert Sala's job is done. Absolutely. Yeah, because this this team isn't a quarterback away. You see Rodgers practicing? You see him out there practicing the air. He's a guy that could run uphill in the snow both ways on a reconstructed Achilles. You see, what the doctor did is he did this very innovative procedure where instead of taking a new tendon and putting it in, he just sewed together the old tendon. They were like... All right, there you go. You're all set. And they put anchors in. Fucking Rodgers is a bionic man now. He's Steve Austin. Not your Steve Austin, all right? Stop fucking freaking out over there. Steve Austin, the $6 million, or yeah, the $6 million man, Steve Austin. Right. We have the technology. There you go, that guy. You have your same game parlay put together, Mike? I do. You want to kick it off then? You want to tell us what's in yours? Yeah, nothing fancy. Nothing exciting here. I think um, the... I agree. The Giants' defense is very mortal, partially, yes. partially, probably partially because Jets' defense, Jets' defense, sorry, is very uh, mortal, partially, partially speaking. Because even when they do start games good, they just get worn down because their offense goes out there, sticks their thumb up their ass for three downs, and then kicks the ball back. Um, so I think that's a that's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up something real quick. Keep talking. EPA. Like I, I cut you off to tell you to keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Falcons minus two. Easily can cover that. 
the numbers for some of the key skill position players for the Falcons aren't crazy this game. So like Bijan over 58 and a half. I think he can get that, especially later in the game. So we'll get, I think he gets like 60. Drake London, 43 and a half. I don't think Ritter's going to throw for 300 yards, but I think even if he throws for 175, it's safe to think that London can snag 25% of that. Um, then lastly, going back to my first point, Jets defense gets worn down. Falcons can I put up some points late. I think they get like two touchdowns, two field goals, and they can get over 19 and a half points. Total parlay is plus 750. And I did not just make that while you were talking at him. Uh, so you are correct. I, I went ahead and pulled up our, our EPA per play site that we use. Put in the same parameters initially. Week nine on, how has the Jets defense been? Initially, what I said earlier while you were making your parlay, the Jets defense was has been 17th ranked by EPA per play since week nine. Mike, if I eliminate overtime, the fourth quarter and the third quarter from that. So what is the, their EPA per play week nine on in just the first two quarters? Where do you think they rank? I bet you they rank like somewhere between like eighth and 10th. Seventh. Seventh. Okay. So it's just, just, I undercredited them, discredited they, them just a little bit. They jumped 10 spots. If you just do the first half, you are completely right. This team is just getting worn down because it's hard to play a rough defensive possession, you know, go out there, get hit by offensive linemen, try to stop the run, and then immediately have Zach Wilson turn the ball over and you have to go right back out onto the field. Right. And then there's no, first of all, I wish I could, I'm going to have to go back after you drop this podcast in the feed and clip that little line there where you said you are absolutely right. And whenever I need to pick me up during the week, I can just play it. <laughs> but, oh, I bragged and I forgot my point. <laughs> oh, yeah, but there's like, there's no threat. Even when the offense is off the field, there's just such a no threat of what they'll do when they get on the field where early, early in the games, like you said, teams are like, you know what? We may not get points out of this possession. Let's just take the running back, our awesome offensive line, and slam into that defense a few plays. You know, wear them down a little bit. We'll keep doing that. And then eventually, Bijan's going to break one off. Or Drake London's going to embarrass Sauce Gardner, who yeah. has had a good year, but he's had games where like, the top premier wide receiver has kind of stunted on him. I sound really nerdy using the term stunting. No, he sounded like Lil Wayne. Is that what you're stunting. going for? I hear stunting like my daddy. Like my daddy. <laughs> there you go. I was hoping you'd get that. Someone call Birdman. Wait, the one from Miami Heat or the other one? The other one. Okay. By the way, I have to save it for Baskey, but I have a great comp for, for Jimmy Butler. Do you have it written down? I do. Okay, good. Just don't forget it. I'll make sure that that's all we talk about on uh, on Saturday for our Baskey episode. All right. Um, man, we, we bought time really well while I was pulling up Sauce Gardner's grades this season on PFF. Good job, us. Yeah. Sauce Gardner has had one game over 80 this season. Last season, he had... Seven games over an 80 grade. So yeah, you're right. Sauce Gardner having a little bit of a down year. Can't blame him. Probably getting tired just like everyone else. So for this game, I personally, I took the under here. Atlanta doesn't put up a ton of points. And the Jets obviously do not put up a ton of points. Garrett Wilson under 53 and a half. He's hitting that number. He's hitting over 50 about half the games. But this, God, this this quarterback room is so fucking terrible and the Falcons aren't going to run away to a two three touchdown lead 
And while he hasn't played incredibly well, you have D. Alford and Jeff Akuda as the cornerbacks and AJ Terrell as the cornerbacks. That's a solid cornerback room. It's it's good. Yes. Yeah. And but then you have Jesse Bates playing free safety back there, man. Yeah. And Jesse Bates is a fucking he's he's an all pro this year. I don't I know FanDuel doesn't usually have it um to where you could bet it. I don't know if DraftKings does because I, I only really use them to make this parlay. And I didn't see it at first. Can you bet over under on interceptions for a quarterback? Does any book take that? Yeah. FanDuel does. FanDuel? I haven't been able to find them. Maybe, might be it's a like a state thing because I can never find it on FanDuel. Maybe maybe it's a state thing. I, that also tends to be up a little bit later in the week. It's usually okay. like around the quarterback touchdown over under. Let me see. Maybe it's not an SGP leg you can do. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe that's it. Yeah. Let me see. I don't see it. Let me see if I can pull up passing props here real quick. See if it's under there. It's like Tim Boyle over one and a half interceptions. I think it's a lock this week. Yeah, it's not up there yet. I would check back on Sunday. So, like I said, under 34, Garrett Wilson under 53 and a half receiving yards because I I do like this Falcon secondary. Me too. Jets under 16 and a half total points, which that's, that's, God, there's a term for that, but it's when you bet two bets that... If the if one hits, the second one has a higher chance of hitting. The odds still increased when I added the Jets under 16 and a half. Mm-hmm. So I'm counting it in this parlay. But if the Jets under hits, the game under definitely hits. I have Bijan 40 plus yards. This defense gets worn down, especially against the run. And Bijan's been kind of hot recently. And I have the Atlanta Falcons minus one and a half in the fourth quarter. Back to what we talked about. This defense is getting really worn down. Teams are able to, to to move the ball at will, typically, in the second half. Pays out plus 776. So once again, those legs under 34. Garrett Wilson under 53.5. Jets total under 16.5. Bijan 40-plus yards. And the Atlanta Falcons minus 1.5 in the fourth quarter. I think as the – to tie it back to our opening conversation, I think as the college season has gone along, someone's told Bijan, like, hey, Texas might really be back, and it's got him fired up and amped up to rep the burnt orange. Yeah, he's a Texas running back. I didn't know that. I honestly (laughs) didn't know that. Mike, can you uh, can you read out your same game parlay one more time for me there? I'd love to, Adam. It was uh, Falcons minus two. Uh, Bijan over fifty eight and a half on the ground. Drake London over forty three and a half receiving, and then the Falcons team total over nineteen and a half. I think there's a a world where our two bets meet perfectly. And the Falcons win 20 to 10. That would be great. That would work out great for both of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Mike, our final segment of the week here. Every week we come on the podcast and talk about our games of the week. Now this week, a little bit weird. A lot of really good teams on by. Not a ton of incredibly high quality games going on. Here are your teams on by this week. The Buffalo Bills. Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, Las Vegas Raiders. I realized two teams in that I said a lot of really good teams on by, and there's only two good teams on by. But still a lot of teams on by, right? That's three extra games we're not getting this week that could have at least had something interesting going on. Now there is a top tier, tippity top, all the way at the highest point in the pyramid game going on this week. It's San Francisco at Philly. Philly just on an absolute murderer's row of playing important games. I think they get Dallas maybe next week. Just every game Philly plays, A, is important, and B, they worm their little way into winning it. In this game, so this is my game of the week, I should say. I I guess I didn't say that. 
And I think that this is the consensus number one draft pick game of the week. Spread, San Francisco minus two and a half, over under 47 and a half. <laughs> I forgot I did. I wrote, I wrote, this is you, Jim. This could be for the one seed at the end of the season here, Jim. I love the Romo note. I love it. So just a couple of notes here. Things I, I thought about when I was, when I was looking through this game. The 49ers have a couple of injuries on their, their offensive line, but Trent Williams isn't injured, so I don't think it's going to be that big of an impact. This is Javon Hargrave revenge game. He's on the Eagles last year. Now he's, uh, he's one of the two pass rushers or 17 pass rushers of impact over on San Francisco now. There's some forecast of rain, brother. And here's something, uh, here's, here's a, a, little, a little twist to know about that. Brock Purdy's worst graded game and lowest EPA game in his career, was a game he played in the rain. That was a loss to the Browns earlier this season. Now, small sample size, it's one game. But maybe there's a reason Mr. Irrelevant can't throw the ball in the rain. He's got tiny hands. Does he have tiny hands? Is that, is that a shoot? Have we, have we seen I this? mean, if you're the last pick in the draft, you don't have any physical attributes that are deemed worthy of being on an NFL team. That's true. And oh my God, I heard... I'm not going to go off on it. What? <laughs> What'd you hear? I was listening to like the Simmons pod and they brought the dude on and they asked like, Caleb Williams, Drake May, really that good? And their take on the draft went so depressing and so like negatively, like we don't know shit about anything anyway when these players come out about how they're actually going to do. So what does it even matter? Like why not take Gardner Minshew instead of drafting a quarterback? Like, what are we even talking about? And then he was talking Nihilism. about, like, yeah, he was talking about, like, passing on, like, a quarterback and taking one later. He's like, I mean, like, look at Brack Purdy. <laughs> he was Mr. Irrelevant and, like, the biggest, like, outlier in those kinds of situations. Like, don't ever take Brock Purdy. Yeah. How many, that's, 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 such, that's such, like, I don't know, perception bias, threshold bias, whatever whatever bias it is when you're only basing evidence that you've seen and not the negative of it. Like, how many Mr. Irrelevance have there been? And how many of them have played NFL snaps? It's Purdy, been like 200 drafts or something like that? 75 drafts? Purdy's probably been the very first Mr. Irrelevant to appear in more than one NFL game. He must be the, the Mr. Irrelevant with the most starts at this point. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And people are like, yeah, just get yourself a Brock Purdy in the seventh round. The Easy. fuck are we talking about? Yeah. I, we should go back at those people and say, or just don't draft anyone and just sign undrafted free agents. Look at Tony Romo. If yeah, you, you only know. sign undrafted free agents, you could get a Tony Romo. Yeah. Also, I like the thing of being like, yeah, man, Bill Belichick as a GM really started to go downhill. It's like, well, we didn't see that when he took Cole fucking Strange in the first round. <laughs> like the alarm bells went off then, bud. I'm sure the alarm bells were going off much earlier than that. We just, uh, yeah. they were winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Brock Purdy in the rain, not a great look. San Francisco currently fourth ranked defense by EPA per play. They did lose Talamore, Tal- Jesus Christ, Talanor Hufunga, their starting safety. So that's going to help the Eagles if they want to throw downfield to AJ Brown. They have, I mean, it's, it's the 49ers, man. They have, they have depth on top of depth. They have, they have some good players in their secondary though. Currently offenses in this game. Niners, first ranked by EPA per play. Eagles, fifth ranked by EPA per play. By success rate, Niners, first ranked by EPA per play. Eagles, sixth ranked by EPA per play. So it's going to be some good offense. I can see why this uh, over-under is so high. That being said, it's the rain. Bet the under. Agreed.
if the Eagles win, does Jalen Hurts lock down the MVP? Is the conversation over? Is it like is it like uh, Vince Carter? I see a world where he does lock it down despite throwing for like only like 180 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, or, or like he has he has like 260 yards, but 140 of those are yak. Yeah, absolutely. Which I mean, P- Purdy would be impressed. He's I think he's like the yak king. He is the yak king. Yeah. <laughs> Purdy throws like a ball six yards by the line of scrimmage and it goes for 80. Tebow takes off or McCaffrey takes off. Yeah. Mike, my final score prediction for this game, the rain ruins it, ends up 21-16 Eagles. I love your prediction there. Yeah. It, I, I know this is so dumb, and it's a terrible argument. And I think that we personally, as football analysts, like to pride ourselves on not buying into narratives when we talk about these things. But the Eagles just fucking find a way to win every game. I don't know how they do it, man. I don't know if Nick Sirianni has pledged his soul to Satan for extenuatingly good luck, but Jake Elliott's hitting 59-yard field goals in the rain, and they're getting, like, red zone interceptions down two touchdowns. It's just, everything always goes right for the Eagles. And I think we see a game where, like, Brock Purdy has two fumbles because it's raining, and he's got tiny little Mr. Irrelevant hands. The Eagles eke out two touchdowns and two more field goals or something of that nature. <laughs> and Philly walks away 10 and one, one seed's locked down. Jalen Hurts locks down the MVP. Really? Yeah. I got, I, I got a different idea of how this goes. My oddly specific prediction, Christian McCaffrey doesn't get a touchdown. Oh no, no, they'll have him out there. They'll be up 10 and have him out there with like 25 seconds left. Yeah, but he didn't score in that game when they tried that. <laughs> They're gonna try it again. They'll have like third and fifteen from like the thirty yard line, and they'll like hand it off to him up the middle. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be I formation with the use check in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Where's the ball going, <laughs> Mike? Is this also your game of the week? It is not. Um, since you went with this one, I decided to go different. I do like. I actually am the opposite. I think that this could be. And similar, especially with the rain, we could see a similar defensive performance like what we saw when the Cowboys ran into the 49ers. And we could see like the Eagles really struggle and put up like 13. But with the rain, that could slow down the Niners as well. But they also have Christian McCaffrey and Debo who they can bring out of the backfield. So I, th- I under over under was what again? 47 and a half. Yeah, I, I do still kind of like the I like the under there. Like I could see it ending like. 24 13 27 13 kind of deal yeah i i wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised if san francisco won i mean they're the favorite going into this game i still think they have the best roster in the nfl yes but there's no fucking way i'm betting the over in this game no fucking way <laughs> all right mike what's your game of the week i went with the always fun stroud crowd and we have the houston texans hosting the denver broncos big game the, when it comes the hottest to the team in the nfl yeah, they're hot right now what is it? Five, six straight? No one can slow down. Sean, the uh, Sean Payton dust is just it, raining over this team. Isn't it seven straight? I don't even know. I mean, there's been a run like we've never seen in the history of the NFL. Okay, it's probably a little dramatic, but they are currently on a one, two, three, four, five game winning streak, which includes wins over powerhouse teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns. <laughs> I don't care what you said. You put up 29 points on that Browns defense. That's impressive. Uh, 
But this obviously has huge uh, implications, ramifications on the wild card standings in the uh, in the East, the East, the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just so ready for Baskey. I'm getting that wrong. Noah Brown is questionable. If they get him back, link him up with Tank Dell again, they could be unstoppable. Uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Dalton Schultz is questionable. <laughs> I don't know how much that really <laughs> plays into this one. But a big part of good teams is how do you respond? How are the Texans going to respond if you're taking the tough loss that could have given them the lead in the division last week? Now they got to pick themselves up. D'Amico Ryan's got to get the boys going. This Over- Denver defense, I just want to point out, the Denver defense during this win streak, second ranked in EPA per play. I don't... Who's the defensive coordinator? Is it still Vic Fangio? No, no, no not Vic Fangio. Uh, uh, the guy who was the head coach there, Vance. Vance Joseph. Oh, that's right, Vance Joseph. He deserves like some kind of award. They need to create it for getting lit up for 70 points and then turning this defense into how it's been playing. It's just... It, <laughs> the defense is just like lucking into every turnover on earth, though. I mean, that, that is when true. you... Like, you talk about EPA. Like, you, you know what really skews EPA is red zone turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, yeah, and... Teams are just coughing up turnovers to the Broncos. Like, like, you know, the difference... So, for those of you who don't know, EPA per play, expected points added. It judges every single play how many expected points it adds. So that's why red zone turnovers really hurt your EPA. It's kind of like how Per really benefits from big guys. Or how Josh converting on third and ten really helps his EPA. Yeah. You just had to bring up the bills in this one? Yeah, you know, sorry. Squeeze them in there. <laughs> so the other advanced metric that I like to use is success rate, which is on an individual play... What percent or did, did you accomplish enough of a positive yardage gain to where you are still on track to convert a first down? That's how, that's how success rate works. Mm-hmm. So that one's really skewed by non-explosive plays, right? So if you, like the Miami Dolphins haven't had a very good success rate because they have plays that go for 15, 20 yards or zero yards. So on defense, your your success rate is judged by how often are you stopping teams from being on track to get first downs. So during this run, like I said, Broncos second in EPA and 21st in success rate. That's such a good NHL statistic. Variance, it's a coming. Or no, regression. <laughs> Regression's a coming. They're the Seattle Kraken. 17% shooting. They have like 985 goaltending, but the goaltender's just out there asleep. People just can't shoot on them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, current line Denver plus three and a half over under 47 and a half I, I think this is where Denver hits hits their first loss they can't handle the team who while me and Adam came to a 100% agreement and consensus to make the Falcons our uh, town alone team of this season we basically secretly just made Houston that in the background and just haven't given them devoted a weekly segment to them this is a bounce back win for the Texans. I think they can also cover the, the three and a half. So go ahead and lay that with them. My game of the week, my specific prediction. Why my brain is so broken on these Thursday pods for some reason, uh, is whatever stat line passing that Russell Wilson has, Stroud will double it. He will lap it. So if Russell throws for 165, Stroud's throwing for 330. And it's same thing with touchdowns. Wilson throws one touchdown. Stroud's throwing two. The only thing that will not be doubled up, it will be halved, will be interceptions. <laughs> so if Wilson throws two, 
So it's gonna basically be a real surprising game if Russell Wilson throws one interception. I'm gonna be so confused on how Stroud's gonna have that. <laughs> That'll be very tough. So we almost take interceptions. We'll just say basically in yards and touchdowns, Stroud will double up danger us. Sounds good to me. Was that a four o'clock slate game? That's actually a, a one o'clock game. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All right, Mike. My 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 only other game I had highlighted here, like I said, kind of a down week. Colts at mm. Texans. Colts at Texans. Colts at Titans. Interesting. Sitting at Colts minus one and a half over under 42 and a half. Mike, is the AFC South actually the most fun division in football this year? Ever since the uh, Niners have, like, the Seahawks fell off and the Niners have just T-posed over that, went back to T-posing over them. Yes. That division's no longer fun anymore. So I guess it is. It's like the, I think it's the Souths. It's the NFC and AFC Souths. Yeah, don't, uh, I'm not here to argue the NFC South is fun. <laughs> it's a dumpster fire. You got to watch it burn. Like, every team has something interesting going on, right? The Colts are somehow pulling games out with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Maybe Shane Stinky is just the best quarter or coach in the league. Like, if Anthony Richardson was there all season, is Shane Stinky currently the front runner for coach of the year? I mean, possibly. What they're, they're, are they five and six right now? Six and five. Six and five. I mean, if they get into the playoffs somehow, Stinky might win coach of the year. I believe they are currently in the playoffs they are so i mean if stinky gets him in there and when you like people who bet on especially on this kind of not bet but decide this kind of board love narrative and so that's why they're always like oh they took a bad team to a gay a team that was like what one or two games uh, like ahead of a losing record and they took him to the playoffs. That's coach of the year. And this one, they'll be like, oh my God, he got him to the playoffs and he lost his starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. Oh, look at him. Shane Stinky, coach of the year. And then on the other side of this, like the Titans, who have just been an absolute dog shit franchise this year and probably should have sold more of the trade deadline. Will Levis has like been quietly competent since mm-hmm. taking over as a starter, despite being yoked and tattooed, which are always a bad sign for a quarterback. Six touchdowns, two interceptions, not the most impressive numbers. 1,042 yards in six games. No, one's, no one mentions Will Levis. You could go weeks while forgetting that Will Levis is an NFL player because no one talks about him. But he's been competent. Yeah. It's kind of surprising. Like this, this is a game between a team that lost their incredibly athletically impressive starting quarterback and has been starting Gardner Minshew and just finds a way to win games, and a team that can't win a game but has, like, a quietly competent quarterback who might be their guy of the future. Yeah, I think for rookie quarterbacks especially, it's a big thing to be like, okay, he didn't pop off really big and, like, lead us to the win, but he also didn't make mistakes that detriment- de- detrimentally hurt us. Detrimentally? So, detrimentally. He, didn't, he wasn't a detriment to our performance because he made, yeah. like, big-time mistakes, EPA-tanking mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, Colts just find a way to win every game. They're currently 6-5 and five in the South, or 2nd in the South. Their remaining schedule, Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, Falcons. Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Raiders, Falcons. What, they lose one game before Week 17? Like, their Week 17 matchup, they're against the Texans at home. Mm-hmm. That could be for the wild card. Like, that's, that's, that's appointment television there. But on their way there, do they lose another game? Like, would you take the Colts? Colts or Titans, right? You've taken the Colts. In this game? Yeah. Take the Titans. Fucking idiot. 
Colts are the Jake Browning-led Bengals. Oh, yeah, I'll take Minshew and the Colts there. Colts are the Steelers. At home, I can tell you right now, since you don't do your proper research. They're at home. Okay, Colts Does- or Steelers? I really like the Steelers' defense. I'm, I'm going to take Steelers. Colts or Raiders? The Colts. <laughs> Colts or Falcons? I'm going to go Team Town alone just to be nice. Okay. So we're looking at a team that's either 500 or around there, roughly, mm-hmm. going in to the final week of the season against a Texans team that could also be around 500 because the Texans don't have a fully competent team, tend to lose yeah. some some impactful Close games. Ones. I think this Week 17 matchup is going to be really good. I mean, you're also talking about a week of football that no one cares about. I'm sorry, Week 18. I keep saying Week 17. Week 18. You're talking about a week of football that the best teams aren't even trying. This could... I'm, I'm making an early prediction. Colts-Texans could be Game of the Week, final week of the season. Oh, I totally believe that's possible. You're not crazy there. How would you feel if I had told you that before the season? What if the only two bits of information you got was that Anthony Richardson got a season-ending injury and Colts-Texans was the best Week 18 matchup. Well, before the injury, I would have been like, shit, Stroud versus Richardson? Yeah, both those games are going to be super fun to watch. I would not expected, without Richardson, this game is going to be possibly for a playoff spot, most likely for a playoff spot. I'd be like, no, get out of there. Because I yeah, thought if- the Colts were going to be a dumpster fire in totality, I thought they were going to have a bad record with Richardson, let alone without him. If you told me before the start of the season that Colts-Texans was going to be the best Week 18 matchup, I would assume that every single seed, one through seven, was locked into their place in the playoffs. <laughs> and that that's why this game mattered. Yeah. You have any other games you want to touch on there, Michael? I mean, you know, you, you kind of stole my gimmick a little bit by going with the, the divisional matchups like I usually love to. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I got, that's true. I got one more here. Is it a divisional matchup? It is, actually. <laughs> and, you know, it's always fun to watch a team after they fire their head coach. Ooh. Carolina at Tampa Bay. It'll be a little interesting to watch. Um, Tampa I see Bay why you were is... trying to get me to buy on to the NFC South suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay, because they're one of those teams where every time they win a game, you're like, how do they get away with this? <laughs> Baker Mayfield versus Bryce Young. Bryce Young is l- hoping he's not looking into his future when he looks at Baker Mayfield. No, I think it's Baker like, Mayfield's taller, so he can't be. Oh, damn. I hope he's not looking up at what's going to be his future. <laughs> is that better? Um, no, Frank Reich. A funny part about this is interim head coach has bec- is uh, I believe is, is is it Shane Tabor? Is that his that name? Right. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Whatever it is, he's the special teams coordinator. And uh, third defensive and offensive coordinators really have to look in the mirror if the special teams coordinator got picked to be interim head coach instead of you guys, one of you guys. Well, not only that, they bring him in, they fire Frank Reich, they bring in the coordinator as the head coach, and he just fucking cleans house, man. Oh, he did? I didn't see that part. Yeah, he immediately comes in. Yeah, Chris Tabor. He, the Panthers fired Deuce Staley, who is not a person I knew existed, but his name did. Deuce Staley? He did something before where I thought you would recognize him, but never mind. When Chris Tabor takes over, he cans Deuce Staley and Josh McCown, which means not only in a week did Bryce Young, who is struggling, lose Mm -hmm. his head coach, he also lost his quarterback's coach. I didn't even know an interim head coach had the power to do such things. (laughs) 
that's wild. I thought they didn't have the firing power. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like the episode of The Office where everyone says that Jim can't fire people. Deuce, prior to this, was a assistant head coach and running backs coach for Detroit for a couple of years, and then he was on the Eagles staff in a multitude of positions. So, Sorry, Deuce. Here's, here's a great quote from the ESPN article about Frank Wright getting fired. After Sunday's game, Tepper left the locker room shaking his head in disgust and was heard by multiple reporters yelling, fuck. <laughs> that is, that's great. Uh, is Tepper, is Tepper trying to make the, a move to be the worst owner in the NFL? I, I mean, he's gonna have to start spouting off some crazy shit to beat out Jim Irsay, as I think has been mentioned on this podcast, but success-wise, he's really trying. Like, like, Team's one in 10, and now he has to deal with the ridicule for not having a first-round pick this year. Like, I I don't feel for him because it's a situation he created himself. But, I mean, there's no way you could have looked as much as I liked Bryce Young going into the draft. You could not have told me that I would have, if he came to me, I was like, we're going to get Bryce Young, but we're not going to have a first-round pick this next year. I would have been like, Tepper, my guy, um, have you seen your roster? You're going to need a first-round pick next year. So, there was a report that a team offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns, and the Panthers turned him down. That, if owners could be fired, that would be a fireable offense. Like, if you want to make Bryce Young work, sell Brian Burns. Sell J.C. Horn. Fucking draft some offensive linemen, man. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing. It's like, all right, we got to build up these trenches to get better. And then we'll start looking into skill position players to start getting around them because you can't do anything with no time to throw and immediately having a defensive player breathing down your neck, which is what Bryce Young's had to deal with all season. So, Just uh, up- updating here real quick. Your pick for Rookie of the Year currently sitting still at a, a haughty negative .167 EPA per dropback. Yeah, I didn't actually bet that one. But if I would have, I probably would have cashed it out. If I had a cash out option for like 15 you, cents, you would I not probably have a cash out option at this point. I, I, I'm guessing like maybe like three weeks into the year, they would have been like, you can have 15 cents back on your yeah. like $10 unit. I would have been like, why, thank you so much for the dime and the nickel, sir. Have a great day. <laughs> you got any other, uh, any other games on highlight? Do you have any other notes? I guess we just ended up talking about David Tepper the whole time. Actually, the only reason why I was like, oh, it's going to be interesting is just because this could be one where you're, like, you're intrigued because no Frank Reich. And then once the Panthers are down 21-0, you're like, all right, never mind. <laughs> this seems like such a dead cat bounce game. Like the Panthers are definitely going to win yeah. on like a last second safety or something. Like Baker Mayfield's going to be in shotgun. They're going to snap it over his, his tiny little head. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to, he's going to like turn around and go try to dive on the ball, but knock it out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. And that's, that's how the Panthers are going to win this game. It also would it would keep the stretch going this season of like new coaches winning their first game against trash teams. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like that, it's yeah. gonna get it's gonna be a dead cat bounce just because, and everyone's gonna be like, "Thank God I got Frank Reich out of there and won a game." Yeah, Shane Tabor, coach of the year, or not Shane Chris Tabor. Uh, the only other one is the amazing matchup of is Brandon Saley so incompetent that he will somehow lose on the road to the. Patriots who are blatantly tanking at this point. If the Chargers lose, do is there a chance that that gets both head coaches fired? No, because Belichick won't get fired until they mutually agree to part ways in the offseason. It would I'm be still... so great if the Patriots win this game by like 11 points. And mm-hmm. then on Monday, Belichick parts ways with the Patriots and Brandon Staley gets fired. 
that I could see that. I, this could be a game where it, I mean, I thought Rivera would have a similar thing where it's like you got dog walks so bad on Thanksgiving that we just can't do it anymore. Yeah, he saved his job by firing Jack Del Rio. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. I also, I can't, I saw some headline. Oh, was it? I think I texted you where I think, was it Stephen A who said like they shouldn't have fired Jack Del Rio? And I texted you and said, yeah, Stephen A is an idiot or something along those lines. Oh, uh, yeah, it was something along those lines. It was yeah, that Stephen lines. A. Because that, that was all over my, you know, my dumb SEO threads that I get where they were like, here's why Stephen A thinks that they shouldn't have fired Jack Del Rio. Like, all right, I don't care. I'm not even going to look into this. Yeah, I mean, the only argument would be they sh- the sentence should be, this is why they shouldn't have fired just Jack Del Rio. That's the correct headline. I'm sure oh. that Stephen A was saying, well... This team traded away their two highest impact defensive players, and then the defense was bad. What did you expect? But also, Jack Del Rio was not calling good defense. I mean, Cam no. Curl, who's like the should be like center field free safety, is spending just all of his fucking time stopping the run in the box. Yeah, in in my head, they're in the locker room, and Rivera gets off the phone with like Josh Harris and your GM. Then he just like looks over at Del Rio. Darius like shaking his head no, and Rivera just solemnly nods and said yes. I don't know how we got onto this situation talking about how Brandon Staley might finally put the nail in his coffin, as Hart Chargers said, Coach. <laughs> it's I, this. This feels like it's gonna be such a typical Chargers game where Justin Herbert's gonna have 370 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and the Chargers are gonna lose by a field goal. Yeah, my, I'm not. We don't do specifically uh, specific predictions for these games. But just to throw out a random one, if we can get a, a close-up camera shot on Belichick and Herbert, I imagine it will be Herbert whispering into his ear, please come save me. Just one point out. I'm on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I had the article up because I was trying to tr- trying to see exactly who got fired from Carolina and it started autoplaying videos. And we just talked shit about Stephen A. Uh, you're going to love this. Stephen A, irate about Rodgers potentially playing this year. How do you get irate about that? Yeah, what's the irate part? <laughs> Unless he accuses... Aaron Rodgers of being on crack. I don't really care what he has to say. Because he was on crack. Max Kellerman's face in that was so amazing. <laughs> it's probably what made Stephen A. eventually tell the showrunners to get rid of his ass. All right, Mike, you got any, you got any final thoughts on uh, this this Chargers-Patriots game? No, I'm just going to ask you one more question, and I know we're going a little long, but would you like to uh, make any predictions on the Seattle-Dallas game? Any predictions on the Seattle-Dallas game? Yeah. I think that it's it's time we start talking about who's going to replace Geno Smith. Yeah, it's probably safe to say. Gino, I mean, listen, Geno's had a good run. He's been competent. He's been obviously a top 16 quarterback in the league the last mm-hmm. two seasons. But he's 33 years old. He is not a guy who is going to elevate your team to Super Bowl contender status. Mm-hmm. And the Dallas defense is going to dismantle him, man. Deron Bland's going to get another pick six. Yeah, and Micah Parsons is going to be able to bust through this young and hurt offensive line. Yeah. And it's, you know what always tripped me out about the Geno narrative? What's that? Is that, it's like, okay, go back and look at his, his, uh, his record. With the exception of really, like, his rookie year, he never, he barely played every season. Yeah. So is is it really like a comeback performance if we didn't if he didn't get enough sample size to even have a performance all those other seasons? <laughs> like I just that I always thought that part was weird. But now minus nine and a half over under forty seven and a half. Is this a Dallas self cover? <laughs> they dropped forty eight on Seattle. 
Oh man. No, I, I don't think that we get 48, but that would be that'd be awesome. I think that that we see like Dallas loves to score like the 33 to 39 range. I think that's what mm-hmm. we see. Okay. But yeah, I I think Gino gets a little dismantled. The offense gets a little dismantled. We start talking about, okay, does Seattle need to draft? Is there a big name free agent quarterback who's going to be on the market this year? Something of that nature. They really missed their opportunity last year when they had Denver's pick and it was in the top 10. Yeah, that's a situation where I think I he ended up going higher than that, but that was one of the spots where a lot of people thought Anthony Richardson, if he yeah. fell to there, could go to be the guy after after Geno Smith. Yeah, I think the best quarterback on the board by the time that Seattle's pick was up was Will Levis. So I understand why he didn't Ooh. go for it, but that was the year to say, all right, we'll trade our two first-round picks to move up to three. You know who will be there at 10? If they like want to do, Yeah, if they want to do the whole local thing, keep him in Washington. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing they say about Michael Pink's Jr., that guy fucking loves hurling fish, so. I, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, Penix with DK and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, that could be, like, for a, a rookie quarterback, there's no better situation to walk into than, like, a stud wide receiver room. Yeah, yeah, and they their offensive line played really well last year. They have two very, they had two rookie mm-hmm. tackles they were playing last year. They have some good places, pieces on defense. I really like Witherspoon. This it's a good Seattle team. It's just Geno Smith is not a quarterback winning or a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback with yeah. Pete Carroll as the head coach. I think that was a great way to end the pod. Opened about college football, then tied it back in there a little bit at the end. Eh? Well, yeah. I mean, I had the fish throwing thing, which we talked about way at the top oh, of the show. Cool. So check off fish throwing. Look at this guy. <laughs> check off fish throwing. All right, Mike. You wanna you wanna throw out any plugs there? Yeah. So already had part one of on Saturday that dropped on Tuesday. Correct. Um, yep. If you want to go back and give that a little dabble, little little Brian, <laughs> uh, read, read that a little bit. My thoughts on rivalry week. See how my bets did three and one. Not bad. Coming up either coming up tomorrow uh, prior to the start of the two conference championship games. We'll have on Saturday part two full breakdown all conference championship games. Bets a premier bet for all of them that you might as well just go ahead and trail because they are la 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 locks. Um. And other than that, follow me at Town Alone Mike, and I uh, you'll hear from me on Saturday after the term on Saturday has really gotten confusing for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this Saturday I'll be back to be inside of your eardrums with Baskey. Yeah, you can follow me at Town Alone Adam. I'll have Team Town Alone coming out tomorrow. Uh, had the league pass watchability rankings update yesterday. We typically update them on Tuesday, but I wanted to wait until we got a better picture of who was going to be in the actual in-season tournament. It's a, a pretty good read. I think it was one of my, one of my better. Woo, go next. Go next. You can check out Team Town Alone coming out tomorrow. Be sure to park it back here on Saturday for our Basky podcast covering basketball and hockey. Uh, Mike, you got anything you want to talk about for that podcast? Anything in particular? On Basky? I mean, I feel like we have to, I mean, we have to give props to a certain owner who just like quad quadrillion multiplied his, his original purchase of a team. It's a very shark move from him. Some would say, cause he's he looked, at, shark tank. He um, looked at the rest of the rest of the owners and said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond that, be sure to just check us out at talentalone.com. For all of your your content coming out there, we like to we we like to to throw some curveballs in there sometimes, you know, get a get a rest, a cute little wrestling prediction or or an article about Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And with that, 
We only got one guy left to, to shout out here, Mike. And he's the- not playing in college. He's not playing in the pros. Shout out to Big Cock Fox.